like I hit my head in the water surfing. And while I was on that wave, life was just going along, you know? felt the water and the sound of the wave. It has a certain when you're cutting across it. I love all this stuff. And then suddenly, my head came in contact with the bottom, yeah? And I, I, my whole nervous system crashed because I had a, well, it doesn't matter, I had an, an old, old injury and it just exasperated. So my whole nervous system crashed. There was no way the self was going to get prepared for that. The self is on a time delay. It's sort of a narration of a past event taken to be what's happening now. It really is, if you notice it, yeah? Something happens, and that's brought to you by being conscious. That's the only thing. The only way anything can happen to you is that you're conscious, yeah? You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, if you're going to have an experience of it. So, and then the mind interprets that and, and tells the story about whatever happened as if it happened to you and you did it or they did it to you. And a big story gets uh, grown in the claiming of the conscious contact. Yeah? So the mental process is a little late. The mental process is not what's having conscious contact. Yeah? Consciousness is having conscious contact. Consciousness is not a product of a mental process. It's not a thing, first of all. Yeah? I don't know what the hell it is, but you can definitely know what it's not, and it's not a body. So consciousness, I would say, is in contact here, yeah? The same thing looking at your head is the same no thing looking out of my head. There's no difference what's looking out of our heads right now. The difference lies in the mental process's interpretation of that looking. It says, I'm looking. And when you ask it, well, who is this I that you are? It says me, doesn't it? Me. And what's me signify? A body, doesn't it? You can get the whole, the whole basis of the mental process by those two simple questions, all right? Who's looking? I'm looking, all right? There's, there's the acknowledgement of the looking. I'm looking, yeah? There's a subtle claiming of it, yeah? And then if you ask, well, who is this I? It will say me. So it gives you its whole, its whole nugget is, is revealed in those two statements, yeah? It's, it's activity of claiming, which is this conscious contact. So they're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? The mental process says, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? Which is true in a sense. I am seeing, I, I, yeah, spirit. But then when you ask it what it means by that I, who is this I that's seeing? It says me. Me is a body, yeah? It's what is called usually, if I'm looking at people, I would call it a you, yes? But if I'm identified with it, I call it me. It's the same body, though. It diff looks different, but it's a body, yeah? So when I'm looking at a body over there, I say it's you that I'm looking at, yeah? When I'm looking from a body over here, I say it's me. <laughs> and when you're looking at a body over here, you say this is you, Paul, and you say, well, that's that body, this body is me. Yeah? That's all you need to know about the mental process. It claims, yes, it claims, and how it claims it is by being a body. Yeah? So it says, the body, the brain, which is a part of the body, is the what? I, I, as this, am seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, and then seeing thoughts. 
I'm the one that's doing that, yes? That's what, that's the assumption, if you ever feel it. If it wasn't the assumption, then why would you have guilt and shame around things that you believed you did? Guilt and shame can only rest, or can only grow, and only can thrive on the branch of personal doership. You must believe you're the doer of your actions, yes? You must. If you didn't believe that, if you truly got the word powerlessness, then you'd realize when you were under that influence of alcohol or drugs, or I really just say, if you're under the influence of this mental process called selfing, you're basically powerless over it. There's no you that can do anything about it. Yeah? And yet, all of its activities that have happened through this, yes, the mind, in the idea of being a self, has said, it's me that did it. I'm the one who did all these things. And if I did those things, and those things I did, I believe were bad, or enough people out there believe were bad, then I have what? Guilt and shame about what I've done. Yeah? How are you going to get out of that? It's an airtight case. You're, you're, you're already convicted. Yes? You're the doer. No doubt about it. You did it. And what you did was no good. Hence, guilt and shame. Yeah? Blame, guilt, shame, all these activities. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, selfing is a mental process. It's a verb, just like we say thinking, you know. See, when you, when you notice thinking, what's the assumption? That it's you thinking, right? Don't you? You just don't see it as an activity. It's just like, oh, there's thinking. Like if you watch some water running and you go, oh, there's water running. Yeah? You wouldn't think you were the source of that river, would you? No, you would just see water running. Yeah? There would be a recognition of the activity. But here, this river of thought, thinking, you believe it's you're the source of it. Yeah? I'm the thinker of these things. And I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts. <laughs> it sucks when a thought has happened and then another thought arises and says, I shouldn't have been thinking those thoughts. <laughs> and so, and then you go, well, I'm not the thinker of those thoughts. That's also a thought. And you can't get out of thought with thought. Yeah. You can't do it. It's impossible. First of all, because you're a thought. Yeah. The sense of me is a thought. This sense of me can't get out of thought because if it got out of thought, there would be a realization there is no me because me is thought. Yeah. So thought is never going to climb out of the ooze of thought system to get on the land of no thought and still be a thought. Yeah. It's impossible. It can't happen. So it only exists in this little system, this little Petri dish of thinking. Yeah? There's a thought in there that there's a you, being a body, and that you are the doer of everything. Yeah? You are seeing, you are hearing, you are feeling, you are tasting, you are touching, you're smelling, you're seeing thoughts. Yeah. Based on that, it's amazing. It's really an incredible leap to believe you're the thinker when you can't even shit when you want to. It's fucking crazy, yeah? I mean, you have no control over your own colon, but you think you should have control over thoughts, which are much subtler, much more refined than fucking shit coming out of your ass. Yeah? I mean, literally, thoughts, you don't even see them. They don't have any weight. You're believing you're the doer of that, but you're not the doer of this? And I'm, I'm not pumping my, you know, my pumping my blood? 
to me. If I, you know, we'd be dead if it was up to us. You would have forgotten to pump your blood this morning. I know it. There would have been something good on TV. You would have forgotten if you did it. You know what I mean? It would be that fast. We wouldn't, we wouldn't last like five minutes. If, if the one sure we had in this life was to pump our own blood. I'm not saying even the heart, digestion, nothing of that. Just pumping your own blood. We were never made it after the first day, like the first hour. Yeah. Now you want to think about digesting food, you know? I'm digesting the food in my stomach. Doesn't it sound crazy? It's so obvious that I'm not digesting the food in my stomach, but why do, it, why do I believe I'm the thinker of the thoughts that are happening in this system, which are much more subtle than the burrito I ate yesterday getting digested by my stomach acids? Yeah? Much more subtle than that. Yet I will claim being... <laughs> I will claim being this... This is unbelievable, but it's so obvious I have no control over this. The only thing I have half control over is breath, only half. Most of breath is involuntary, but some of it's voluntary. So that's where you get a sense of being something, that you have some control, so you can, you know, have a fake pause, and I want to kill her. Ten breaths. You can, a, you can have at least a little belief that you have something to do with it, yeah? Because... Everything else is totally involuntary. Yeah. <laughs> and thought seems to be involuntary, doesn't it? When does it start? Where does it stop? Where does it come from? Where does it go? Tell me, where does the thought come from? Have you seen it? Have you ever seen it issue forth from its portal? <laughs> oh, there it is. Like, you know, like a, a woodchuck or something. A little, what do you call those things? Gophers. Oh, I saw it, the prairie dog. You never see the thought, do you? It doesn't seem like it traveled any distance, okay? It started out in Des Moines about three hours ago. It's <laughs> Oh, I hope it's going to be on time. You know what I mean? Come on. It just appears, doesn't it? There's a recognition of it, yes? You don't really see it like eyes, but you see it. There's another scene, obviously. It's not seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, yeah? There's a scene of thought, and you hear it. It sounds like it's in your voice, doesn't it? Like when you're having a talk with you, and you know, I have those little, like little debates that you run, it's you talking to you. It's so incredible. If, you th if there was a possibility of being two yous, there can't be any you. It's impossible. The whole premise of being a you is you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, like uno, uno, do. But yet in your head you have like two voices or three voices that are in conflict a lot of times, yeah? Oh, I was, you know, you were pretty good today, Paul. Who the hell is saying that? You know, did I bring in like a guest announcer? All right, <laughs> give, give your take on my life. I'm sick of this one. Oh, yes, all right, you did pretty good today, Paul. Oh, thank you. This is insanity, totally crazy, yeah? Yet we take this to be normal during the day. And then to go home and sit down and open the curtain to your little porno movie and have your mind represent the day to you and all the ways it could have been different <laughs> if I would have just done something other than I did, which you can't change. Yes? It's like a, it's like a ink tattoo. You can't wash it off. Yeah? I mean, we can't call a timeout and go back till 6.30 and see if we should have worn something else. This is how it is today. Yeah? There's no... This is it. There's no dress rehearsal. We're always on the stage. Every second. Yeah? Every second. We're always just appearing, and things are occurring, and then another appearance, and more and more and more. But there's one solid 
constant state, which I would call presence, which is the intimation of consciousness, yeah? You can't see consciousness, you can't feel it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, you can't think about it, but there's an intimation of it, yes? It puts off something, it emits something, let's say. To me, I like to call it presence. And presence is a beautiful word because it doesn't give any room for it once being there or that it will be there. It has nothing to do with time. It's presence. Yeah? And whatever presence you're looking for in the future, when you arrive there, it will be the present. Yes? No matter how far away your future now is, the now that you arrive at will be now. Yeah? And every step of the way to get to now will be now. And if you see, there's no, you can't escape now at all to get to anywhere else. All you can do is turn your attention and interest to your thought system, and it will provide you a mental realm of exercise called the past and the future. Yeah? So in that activity of being absorbed, and it's not just being absorbed in the past or future, you're being absorbed in the past and future and how it pertains to you. Yes? So it's you, and your thought system, how it represents you is a body. You have to see it. It's very important. You've got to see it. You don't have to see it. But if you recognize that the thought system you're relying on is, is truly unreliable, like in recovery it says, why you have so much fear today, and then he doesn't let us give an answer. He just gives you another sentence, which is great, because it's a huge novel. Why am I in fear today? Let me tell you why. All of it's off. You're never in fear for the reason you think. The reason why you're in fear is self-reliance has failed you. How more reliant on self can you be than listening to the thoughts in your head? You can't be more reliant on self there because this thoughts and self are synonymous. The self, the idea of being a self is a thought. Yeah? So the system that has a center called self, the self-centered system of thought... Yeah? How, it put, how it portrays us in its ramblings is as a body. So when you go and think about you in the past, how do you see you? As a body, don't you? I don't see myself as a spirit like 30 years ago. You know what I mean? For me to believe in a somewhere, somehow, some, somewhere, sometime, yes, there must be an object for that for, to be appearing 30 years ago on that day. My mind can't fixate on anything. It wouldn't be able to fixate on anything in its activity of time unless there was an object it could fixate on, which is the body. Yeah? And the mind has given you the biggest meaning that could ever be given to any body, which is it's me. Yeah? And so now, in that mental realm of past and future, what's not happening the fixation of the mind is centered on a body, yeah? The body that's called you. Yeah? Yeah. So when you go into the past, it usually has something to do with you. And when you're worrying about the future, it's most definitely, almost 99.9% .9 of the time, has something to do with you. Yes? And because you are taken to be you, there's a lot of meaning about what's going to happen to you. Yes? It's sort of like, it's so juicy for the mind, conditioned in this idea of being a self, it's like chocolate-covered shit. 
it just goes like flies and just circles it all day. And you'll go over and over and over things constantly that if you heard someone else do it to you for five minutes, you'd be bored stiff. But you, you're totally into it for 30 years, listening this thing pontificating about what could possibly happen to me. <laughs> Why? If it was just the idea of self, then any one self that was presented to me, I'd be totally enthused about. But obviously that's not the case, is it? I'm not usually that enthused about hearing about you all day. But it seems I'm incredibly enthused about hearing about me. <laughs> so this whole point is if you are not the center of this system called selfing, what I found is when I entertained I was not the center of that system, what occurred was my interest and attention, which was fueling the system, it's, 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 it's 24-7 battery, was lifted off of that fixation and it started to be spent on other things and actually on no thing. Yeah? So my interest and attention started to be able to entertain no thingness. And just like what your life is actually brought to you by interest and attention, it's not your life, let's just say a life is brought to us by our interest and attention. Where your interest and attention is, that's basically what your life's going to be. Yeah? If your interest and attention is in the formulation, the reinforcement, the obsession over being an object, then you'll see what happens. We have it usually produces an irritability, restlessness, and discontentment, and the mind now seeks for a solution to that dilemma, never really questioning the true cause of it. Yeah, It now wants to get relief from that unbearability, not knowing that it's the unbearability itself. Yeah, So now it gets into addictions, like for some of us, alcohol and drugs. And we wanted to feel somewhat comfortable in our own skin, and we needed a lot of alcohol and drugs to get to that state. Yes? Because if we weren't loaded, the, obsession, the obsessive thoughts about us drove us freaking crazy, isn't it? How, when was the last time you walked in a room and just experienced walking into a room? Usually it's walking into a room and thinking a lot about, has anyone seen me walk into this room? Oh, I hope my hair looks good, and blah, 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 on and on and on, isn't it? It's like you can't even shit or get off the pot in life. You're just totally thinking constantly all day about what it's going to mean to you. Yes? The freedom of this message is you don't get freedom for self. That's what we're busy trying to do all day, is try to get freedom for self. In a certain state of mind right now, you may be here trying to get freedom for self. Literally. Yeah? But the true solution is freedom from self. Yeah? It's totally different. Freedom for self is slavery, because you're going to have to keep getting freedom for it, because it will never be free. It will never be free. It's not like, please relieve the self from the bondage of self. It says, please relieve me from the bondage of self. Yeah? Self can never be relieved from the bondage of self. <laughs> self is the bondage, yes? The idea of being a self. Obviously, Look at what the body immediately puts you in, the amount of limitations that you immediately take to be solid and real, just by being identified as a body. First of all, you're going to end sooner or later. Yeah? 
the show, the curtain's going to come down, and there'll be no curtain calls. It'll be over. <laughs> that will be that. It'll be like it never happened. The mind doesn't sit well with that. Instead of dealing with that incredible fear of mortality, it just entertains thousands and thousands of anxieties all day. Worrying about inane little stupid things that put itself from not looking at the real big picture, that it's going to come an end. That's why it built up the idea of being a soul. So that when this thing falls, it will leave and enter another body. And you'll just be an ongoing, like, mini-series, Paul, jumping from body to body to body. No, 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 no. This is a voice box that only appears in this little body. When the body goes, the voice box goes. This voice box doesn't get taken out. Oh, let's find an Adonis and stick it in there. And now it's Paul living as an Adonis. No, no, I don't see it that way. <laughs> Paul is a unique little process called selfing based on the conditions and memories in, of this mind. That's manifesting through here. It's not going to be another one like it. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God it has a limited warranty. <laughs> Whoever loves me now wouldn't love me in a hundred years. <laughs> so, so conf you know, there are all these things that are looming very, very large right above us as we stay busy yet. Yeah? First of all, mortality, the limitations of the body, the ability here to want to be loved and never to be loved here. Yes? A lot of things that you could take as your natural state and expressions of your natural state have been made to be symbols or commodities that you may or may not get here. Yeah? A lot of people really, really want certain things and they never find it here. Yeah? All these things become really apparent, and the mind riffs on it. It's sort of like if you gave John Coltrane, you ever hear of him? He's a great sax player. Let's say if you walked into a club and he was playing, and you said, okay, John, hey, I want you to riff on this, and you threw him the idea called separation. Yeah? So he would start riffing on separation. Like, you know, you ever hear of Love Supreme? It would be a separation, whatever. You just go on and on and on. This is what mind's doing here. Yeah? There's, there's, there's the manifestation of seeming separation and the mind's just riffing on what could it possibly mean to me as the source of all love and joy not to be the source of all love and joy. I could probably look my whole life for love and joy and never find it. All the while, deep down, I am the source of love and joy. That would be a unique little ironic twist. Yes, let's try that. Let's try, oh yes, I'm full of love, but I'm an 800 pound obese man who's never stopped eating for 40 years. I can't even go on Max.com. That picture, you know, the computer picture isn't wide enough to show my face. I'm huge. I'm never going to have love in my life. Yet I want it so badly. Or a spiritual seeker, longing, longing to know the truth. But if the truth came up like a bus and opened the door, you wouldn't get on. No, don't you understand? I've been longing for you to show up. Yes, I've shown up, but I've been longing. I've been through so much suffering, waiting for the truth and the divinity and the divine. But I'm here. No, no, you don't understand. I'm longing. <laughs> There's no freedom here. None. No way. How can you really enjoy something if you believe in time? It's very difficult to enjoy peace of mind 
if you believe that it may not be there later. As soon as you believe that thought that, hey, this peace may not be there later, that ain't peace of mind anymore, is it? The agitation already caught your attention, didn't it? As soon as you believe, because you're feeling, haven't you noticed sometimes? It seems like your whole drive that day is to feel really good, but as soon as you get into a state of feeling really good and okayness, the mind starts worrying about it's not going to last. Yeah? That thought, when your attention is given to that, that your energy, your attention is what stirs that spoon that causes the agitation. See? Your belief as this has to believe in time. There is no timeless body. And if there is a timeless body, but it's not a body. Yeah? If there's a belief in being a body, there's a belief in time. You don't see it? You think that time's doing something to us? This is a dream that's being dreamt. You and I are dreaming it. Yeah? If there's a dream of a, being a body, then time has a very, very big importance. Your whole thought system is based on time. Have you noticed? When you, if you look at your thought system, where does it, its value lie? In past thoughts and future thoughts. It doesn't really give a shit much about now. It really doesn't. Like now is just something to sort of like march through till I get home and eat my onion dust and watch, you know, social network or something. Yeah? I have, my, my head is always stating a very, very insidious little assumption that this place is truly unbearable with all these hopes of it's going to be better an hour from now or I got 800 channels on cable. I have every basketball game and football game this weekend recorded. I got at least 12 hours of security. I can just sit there and watch, and I'll deal with that later when it ends. But there'll be another game on next week. There's always a Super Bowl, always some fucking thing. Yeah? Just let me march through this as quickly as possible now and get to there. Great. Lock my door, get my iPod, stick it to my Mac, watch football, do Facebook, text. Does any, is anyone out there interested? I'm having my third bite of strawberry onions. <laughs> what about you? Oh, you think it, I'd be better to have coffee? Oh, thank you. <laughs> what about that poppy bagel tomorrow? It's fucking insane, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Are we that uninteresting that we have to promote ourselves to everyone else? Fuck. Thought life was attraction, not promotion, eh? like we say in recovery. <laughs> tell you. So, there's a freedom. That's all we're trying to say here. You know, I come here every week until I'm not going to. But all I'm putting out is the same piece of cod. <laughs> same piece of fish. I can marinate it. I can grill it. I can sushi it. I can rub it on me. It'll promote good skin, health, whatever. But the fact is, it doesn't change the fact it's a cod, you know. And the cod is simply that. You are what's looking. What's looking is what you are looking for. The act of seeing right now is being demonstrated. And right after it demonstrates, there's also a mental process that claims it and turns the seeing into you looking. But it doesn't change the fact of the seeing. It just interprets it and calls it you looking. It doesn't change the fact of the seeing. What you call you looking is seeing. This is consciousness expressing itself. Seeing is what you and I call me looking. It doesn't change the fact of the seeing, though. 
The interpretation of seeing by the mental process into me looking does not change the fact of the seeing. It only ignores it if you're obsessed with the you that's looking. You would be so fucking bored of looking, I'm telling you. Looking in a self-centered manner is just so repetitive, so fucking, its loop of possibilities is so small, it just goes on itself. It's just on and on and on and on. It is such a, you get maybe every, the seeing, which is like an infinite expanse, yes? When it becomes you looking, everything stops at an object, yes? You see the object, boom, and then the object reflects you as an object. So seeing, which is like infinity, becomes this little like, like a, boom, like a ricochet thing. My attention goes, Natalia, all these ideas come up, thoughts, dip back to me, as the one who has the ideas and thoughts, yes? Anything I need, anything, a concept, yes? Any object, a concept is a mental object, any object that I need will always go back to this object as the meter of it, yes? This is an object. Yeah? This takes itself to be the subject, and now you're living in a very small world of total contact with objects. From object to object, back to object. No sense of subjectivity, no sense of spirit, none! No sense of the spirit, the infinite space, just the things in it, just the things that are appearing in it, yes? That's where all my interest and attention is. Bing, 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 bing. So I, oh, one day I meet thousands of things, but there's only one meter of all those thousands of things. It's always self-centered, always self-centered, yes? This is a very small loop of interpretation to live in, very, very tiny. When seeing is very expansive. The act of seeing implies the infinity of it. Yes? Just the seeing. Because the seeing doesn't stop at the object. The looking stops at the object. The looking is, I look, I saw. Yeah? As soon as the object's seen, I saw it. That's the end of the loop. You know? You read a book, the book may be just like an incredible indicator of infinity, and then you go, I know. Might as well close the book. <clears throat> all, all finding out, all <clears throat> open-mindedness, all, all curiosity has been shut. <clears throat> I know that. Yeah, The book, bing, bing, that's it. Now you're in this little world. A book, boom, boom, like this. This little small thing. Thing between thing. Yeah? And taking the space that represents everything as nothing. Yeah? Putting all the meaning on things all day for this thing to see me all. Jeez, it's fucking so exhausting. Yeah. But if you see, there's the looking, it's the mind's, the assumption of mind is it's Paul looking, yeah? But you see that. You see the assumption of mind that it's Paul's looking. When you see the assumption that it's Paul's looking, you're not that, yes? What you are is what's seeing the assumption that it's Paul looking, yeah? You are that. Nebulous at best. There's no thingness to it. You can't feel it. You can't grab it. You can't put a name tag on it. You can't locate it <coughs> in time or space. Yes? <coughs> it's inherently free from this place. 
Yet every time I'm looking, that's seen. Every moment. That's why St. Francis, I believe, said it in a beautiful way. He says, <clears throat> what's looking, which I believe is seeing, is what you are looking for. So what's looking is what you, and this you called me, am looking for. Alright, so what do I start doing? <laughs> Alright, let me see. What's looking? What's I can't see it. Exactly. Because that's what's looking. <clears throat> you just have, you're under the assumption it's you that's looking. <clears throat> that's what blinds you to the seeing. It's just that freaking simple, yeah? <clears throat> the trance is reinforced and pasted on and glued on every second. Every second seeing is being interpreted as I'm looking. Every fucking second, isn't it? In fact, it isn't. But the seconds it isn't, the mental process just drives over them like speed bumps. It forgets them very quickly, and it just knits a seeming real continuity that it's you that's been looking all day. Yes? And even it's you that was looking then, and it's going to be you that's going to be looking later. It's all made up. It's, kind of, it's, like, a, it's like an insane seamstress. It's just knitting, knitting. <laughs> You know, moment to moment, thought to thought, and then there's these big, big holes, and it just sort of goes over, and back to the sweater again. <laughs> then a big gap, chasm. Oh, and we have free samples all day, and yet it's not dawning on us. Because we want it to dawn on us is this. This is not going to get it. Yeah? If it could have, it would have already, don't you think? With the amount of suffering some of us have gone through, if we could have gotten it, we would have. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. To me, that's the greatest news of all. Because if self could get out of self, it could get back into self. Constantly. And that's what it would do all day. And then it's being out of self would be based on what it did. And it's being in self would be based on what it did. And it would just play God around being in and out of self. Hey? It's probably doing it with a lot of us now in, in our spiritual programs. Selfing is playing God, telling us we're getting closer, or we're really good now. And I had an incredible meditation today. I saw the light. I'm not seeing light. I'm, I saw the light. That's what's more important. Fuck that, forget the seeing light. I want to have an experience that I saw the light. So I can put another flag in there and make myself a spiritual self. Yeah? I've seen the light. It was about 10.30 at 6 in the market. I saw it. I don't know if it's there. I think it was a special delivery just for me. I'm a very special person. Special, very special non-person. <laughs> it's getting close to insanity for me. I'm almost going over the line. I swear. I've broken. I'm getting so close now. If I was in the wrong audience, I'd be put away. Seriously. I have to watch myself. Because it is a fine line. Insanity and wisdom are very close. Seriously. You've got to be totally insane to be sane here. <laughs> really. If you adapted to the sanity of this place, you're fucking insane. <laughs> totally insane. <laughs> I 
mean, the, the feeling I had when I wanted to get out of here, when I went, first get lo- loaded, or I first saw this place, that has never been, in, that has never been invalidated ever since. I've always, those first hits I had when I was a young kid were gold. I was starting to wake up, but in a very crude manner. I just started seeing what the fuck's going on here. I mean, we tell this little story, but let's say an alien comes here, yeah? And a spaceship. It would only take him like three seconds. Did I say this last week? It would only take him three seconds to realize, don't land in America. When he got the one thing that the whole society that's in North America, based in America, puts profit over health of its humans. Any sane person would leave immediately, yeah? Yeah. I mean, what more would you have to talk about? If you see, the, the initial thing of a society is obviously would promote the well-being of its citizens, but if it's not promoting, then what kind of society is that? Yeah. This place is insane. This place. It is. Totally. The true sanity is... It's insane to put the future ahead of now. It really is. It doesn't mean don't plan for the future, but wear it loosely. Why would you want to strangle yourself now over an acquisition that you believe is going to bring you happiness later? Why can't you be happy while you proceed towards that goal? Why is it that you have to give up something now? Does it make it more valuable to your head? I saw it a lot. I live in a very wealthy area of Marin County. People have three houses, four houses there, and they're flipping out over there buying their fourth house. Yet the house, I would imagine, symbolizes happiness and security. But to give up the peace of mind now for a future happiness and security seems like a bad deal to me. Yeah? And if you believe that, oh, I'm just holding out for the, the really the real thing, you know, embracing is not based on an object. Embracing is a posture of freedom, really. You're able to embrace what shows up. Yes? Instead of withholding like this, waiting for your idea of what it means to be happy, and then life shows up and knocks on the door and brings the package of happiness and you won't sign for it. Well, it doesn't look like I was expecting, you know. I don't want that. I don't want that. It's insane, is it? come in here, let's say I have an idea that all I want is the approval of uh, one woman in the whole world. So my story is I just like to get, you know, have people uh, acknowledge me. But here I am in a room full of acknowledgement energetically, but my mind can totally be blind to that and only want the one, from one human in the whole place, billions of us, there's just one I want to be acknowledged by. <laughs> Don't you see the insanity of it? Don't you ever see the, my friend, he had this girl, and uh, he was, and she was a beautiful woman and stuff, but he was benignly neglecting her, basically, you know, when I was around. He just didn't really care that much. But then she left, and the day she left, he had a very intense realization that she was the source of all his happiness. <laughs> you don't see the mind setting that up? That's what it does. It produces exquisite suffering. Don't you usually want things you don't have? Yeah. If you had them, it wouldn't be able to produce exquisite suffering. So it makes you feel like you really want what you don't have, 
Because the absence of that causes what? Incredible agitation, doesn't it? It has the absence of something can have more effect on a day full of present objects than any of the objects. The absence of a mental object can have more weight in a day than any physical object that you run into that day. Yeah? If your head says, I really want something, but it's not here, you're in for it. <laughs> you'll, you'll be blind to whatever's going on because you'll think none of this means anything. That's what means something. You see? What mind does, it plays God. Yes? It plays God. But it can only play God to a you. It can't play God if you wake up. And the fact is, you are awake. But when you see it, as if when you see the playing God not as a self, then there's no that playing God has no power anymore. Because it's your power that it's using. The mental process is using your innate faith to make false evidence appear real. If you believe and have faith in this system of thought, this system of thought is like a kaleidoscope all day, and it's playing with light, and it refracts it and frames it so that false evidence appears real to you. Yeah? And then you live as if something that's false is real, so obviously the dance you have with what you call life is going to be out of step, don't you think? Because you're not seeing. It's like being in this room. If you turn off the lights, all these problems would happen in this room. We wouldn't know where the chairs were, so you'd probably bump into them. People, you'd bump into people. If you hadn't been here before, you wouldn't know where the bathroom was. You'd have to hope some guy or woman was selling maps of where he thinks they were the bathroom was for five bucks. And you'd be totally, totally at loss, and all you'd be able to do is speculate. And that's what you would do. Your mind would just go off, thinking, what could possibly happen? Where is that bathroom? When am I going to get to that bathroom? What? Who am I going to bump in tonight? What are they going to think of me? Da, da, da. And so what we do is we just hunker down to the darkness. Yeah? We just, okay, I'm blind, I have no fucking idea what's happening, that's okay. I look good, got some nice jeans on, new pair of jeans and everything. And, and <laughs> instead of just finding the light switch, flip the light switch on, as soon as this room filled with light, you don't have to buy a map to the bathroom. You can see, it says bathroom. Yeah? I don't need knee pads, I'm not going to bump into the chair, I can see it, yes? I don't have to have like preemptive apologies to you because I bumped into you. I'm not going to bump into you probably. The whole point is, is lack of illumination, yes? Without illumination, false evidence appears real. Yeah. And the mental process is producing a lot of false evidence that's appearing real to you, and that's the act of that mind state playing God. And you don't think it can do miracles? It can do miracles. It can think about what's not happening and cause your, your body to have effect about that which is not happening. It can make you feel afraid of something that's not happening. I mean, that's a miracle, really, isn't it? I mean, when Jesus supposedly raised that guy from the dead, Lazarus, at least Lazarus had been alive at one time. We're, we're making stuff out of nothing. The mind is just going off thinking you're going to be destitute from four years from now or whatever, you know? 
and that you're feeling coiled up and fearful or anxious now based on entertaining a possibility in a land called what's not happening. There can't be a real possibility now from what's not happening. It can't. The solution to what's not happening is just seeing it's not happening. What more do you need to do? What happens when you see all the mental baloney is not what's really happening? You're present. The presence is obvious. Not that you're present. Your attention and interest is present, so the presence is obvious. But when your interest and attention is in this little mental realm of time, thinking about the past and future, the presence can seem to be absent, yes? You You don't feel... The space, all you feel is this, and this, and this, and thoughts, and emotions in the body. You don't sense the sense, the uh, space, yeah? You don't feel nothing. You don't sense nothingness. And it's, it's that absence of nothing that's really causing the insanity of all these things. Yeah? So to me, this is truly the activity of being absent, or the activity of the presence being absent. When I'm absorbed in my idea of being a Paul, the presence is absent. I'm present, and I want to have an experience of presence, but I want to have the experience of presence. That's why you don't have an experience of presence. The The presence is not an experience. It's what's having all experiences, really. Yeah? So when, but when I lose the idea of being a self, or at least entertain it and allow it to get weakened, then this becomes, in a sense, inherently absent, and that's the presence. Yeah? This still appears to be this, but it's absence of being solid and real and a thing, yes? And in that absence, that's the presence. You can now feel it right now in the room. It was here the whole time, but it just broke a nice wave. Yeah? You've been here before. You can taste it. Yeah. And there's like no need to get absorbed in it. It ain't going anywhere. To get absorbed in it is sort of the sense of wanting to have an experience of it. You're totally absorbed in it. This is the experience of it. I got to talk longer. Someone from Pittsburgh came. (laughs) A minute, a mile, let's say. How many minutes would that be? No, no, it can't be a minute a mile. How about a second a mile? Yeah, yeah. usually comes here, didn't something better must have come along. <laughs> but the idea of listening is, a, is an art too. I mean, don't get hung up on any words. Hopefully you feel something like you and asked it, you know, that's a good thing. 
A lot of people get that. There was, you go on an acid trip here, it's nice. <laughs> so you, you're not hearing it, you know, to pick up information, yeah? The words are just a, like a, a conceptual envelope. The message is in the energy space, yeah? And all it does is remind mind of its own nature, which is empty and quite large, and it's not filled up with real solid files, with files of real solid things to go over and over again, commiserating about a past and speculating about a future. It's walking into those mental realms and just feeling the space of them all. Because every frame of self-centeredness is surrounded by context. It's like... Here you are, all there is is seeing, in a sense, and we have this little self-centered lens that takes the, takes the light and then separates it. And then we see, we see the light, but we see the light as things. And in the seeing of light as things, we forget the nature of the, of the light, you know. So I find the best way to go is to question the reality of the thing when your interest and attention lets go of being this, then it becomes more attuned to picking up light yeah? or presence. It's just the way it goes. Your interest and attention is unbelievable. It just matters. If you put it on big, solid things that are ponderous and meaningful, it gets sluggish, yeah? Your interest and attention gets glazed over. It's not clear, not crisp, yeah? When it gets taken out of all that, its dullness evaporates and it's very, very clean. And there's a sense of something in it when you're living. There's a sense of being awake, you know, or conscious. To me, that's the presence. That's what, and that is always available at all times, in calmness and in movement, yeah? The presence is available in total stillness and also total manifestation, yeah? You don't have to live in a still little cellar or in a cave though it may be nice to make it easier, but in manifestation is the same presence, in all activities, the same presence. So. Yeah. Sounds like a train. Is that the heater? Your gift has come. Any, no questions, great. <laughs> <laughs>